Good afternoon, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yesterday, I did kind of like a brief run of paying tribute to Larry King. So here's some facts about Larry Zeiger. Born Lawrence Harvey Zeiger, November 19th, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York. Died January 23rd, 2021. Married eight times, but that's not what we're going to talk about. Um, in terms of timeline, 1957, after changing his name from Zeiger to King, begins a radio career as a disc jockey at WAHR AM in Miami. 1958 to 1961, live audience interview show at Pumper Puppernick's restaurant in Miami. In 1965, is hired as a consultant columnist for the Miami Herald to replace Walter Winchell. December 1971 is arrested in my... Okay, we're not going over that. Ah, here we go. Returns to Miami and WIOD Radio. King joins the Miami News as a columnist and returns to TV as an interviewer. January 30th, 1978, The Larry King Show, a nationally syndicated late-night radio talk show, debuts in 28 cities. In five years, it is in 118 cities. In 1982, King's first column appears in USA Today, and The Larry King Show wins a Peabody Award. In April of 1982, King wins a News and Documentary Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in a Craft Writer uh, for the best little state state house in Texas, and here it is, J- June third, nineteen eighty five, Larry King Live premieres on CNN, and it would run until December two thousand and ten. Mm. I think you know the interviews. I mean, you know, he he covered the election in nineteen ninety two. 1992, Larry King Live election coverage. 1992 wins a Peabody Award. On November 9th, 1993, Vice President Al Gore and Perot appear on Larry King Live to discuss NAFTA. Mmm. What's going on? A lot of a lot of great interviews. And you know, he was this is a film podcast. Larry was in a lot of movies. He was in Ghostbusters. Remember the first Ghostbusters? He was in The Long Kiss Goodnight where he interviews Samuel L. Jackson's character Mitch. Okay. Toward the end of the movie. Um, God, he was in... I think he was in a couple of the Avengers movies. I would have to go... Or no, he wasn't. No, I take that back because he was already done in 2010. And the Avengers movies premiered... 2012 was the first Avengers movie and I wanted to stress that you know that he appeared in films he appeared in films as himself you know when I think of his real last name that's interesting and yesterday um I got to talk to George Strombolopoulos he does these really great live uh, Instagrams where we get to listen to him play piano, such a great piano player, and tell stories and just be there for everybody. He he really, I mean, a very positive presence. But this is what I'm gonna play. If he doesn't mind me playing this, this is this is this is truly a moment. Okay, 
Now Larry's going to turn the tables. And what's interesting, and I want to, I want to give credit because you have to. Um, this is from Larry King on the Hour of George Strombolopoulos, 2009, I believe. Uh, CBC. Uh, .ca, the hour. Um, Larry King had so many interviews, and Frank Sinatra didn't like being interviewed. Isn't that interesting? Frank Sinatra, this entertainer, this actor, this, I mean, he was called the chairman of the board. You know, you only get called that if you're able to do everything in the media, which he was, and they referred to him as always the chairman of the board you know helped form the grammys a lot of people don't know that you know he did the first ad where this is a this is the payoff it's called a grammy and he and what's funny is is that the big categories he didn't win until later i think 1965 um but the interviews you know with larry king it's all i think i think the Marlon Brando interview because Marlon Brando kissed him on the lips and, and Larry King has always said how that it's like, okay, you know, all right. So here are Larry King's 10 most memorable interviews. Frank Sinatra. King called his 1988 sit down with the iconic crooner, one of his favorites. During the segment, the mighty Sinatra called writers of kiss and tell all books, pimps and whores. And he confided that he never got over his stage fright. He says, I swear on my mother's soul, Sinatra revealed the first four or five seconds. I tremble every time I take the step and walk out on the wing onto this stage. Ah, Marlon Brando. 
King scored his infamous 1994 Q&A with The Godfather star only because the screen icon was contractually obligated to do one interview to promote his memoir, Songs My Mother Taught Me, and chose King. Viewers retreated to the site of the bloat. Oh, let's not go there. I don't like how that's written. The reclusive Brando's bare feet while he and King sang a brief duet. Brando told King he was out of tune and planted a goodbye kiss on his lips. The Beatles. King managed to corral two remaining members of the Fab Four, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, in 2007 to promote the launch of Love, the Beatles' Las Vegas Cirque du Soleil show. Also on hand were Yoko Ono and Olivia Harrison. King mistakenly called Ringo George. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, what is the deal I, I come on i grew up in the 90s watching seinfeld shout out to my friend linda um her son andrew loved seinfeld yeah that that's a really great fact right there unlike many of uh our forgave like many who forgave king's tendency to occasionally lose the plot Seinfeld wasn't having it in 2007 when King asked him if Seinfeld had been canceled after nine years or if Seinfeld had decided to end the show. Okay, this is where he yeah he got a little rude. Do you think I was canceled? Seinfeld barked. I thought was that was pretty well documented, Larry. Do you know who I am? Oh Lord, 75 million viewers on the last show, Larry. A sheepish. Lee King quickly went into a commercial break. Ah, Lady Gaga. In sunglasses and King-style slicked back hair and suspenders, Lady Gaga commandeered much of her 2010 interview from a bemused King talking about a tour that never materialized with Michael Jackson, quitting cocaine, oh lord, picking up bar tabs, rejection, and her battle, battle with lupus, oh lord. Oh, Donald Trump. King was pres- president prescient in 1987 when he began an interview with New York City real estate mogul by saying he was sounding a lot like a politician, even though Trump claimed he didn't want to be president on the show. Lies. Snoop Dogg. One of King's funniest on-screen bromances had to be with rapper Snoop Doggy Dogg in 2010 when King takes the wheel of Snoop's low to the floor custom 1968 pontiac persian i can't reach the gears king was over here ironing at one point oh here we go the drought you want to talk about drama tammy faye baker mesner mesner a controversial figure once married to disgraced televangelist jim baker was a tabloid staple back in the day she went on king's show many times but her 2007 appearance cancer ridden haggard and weighing 65 pounds i saw that and it was disturbing and she died the next day that that she you know had the last bits of breath to go on larry king and basically i remember that interview it was striking it was disturbing but she i guess had a purpose vladimir putin King interviewed the Russian president twice in 2000 and 2010, grilling him about WikiLeaks. Putin, who has translated in real time for American audiences, made a rare comment about his personal life, saying his daughters had a right to privacy. To put them through the public lighter is not what I think is right. Uh, 
Ah, Elizabeth Taylor. The screen legend was uncommonly candid in a 1993 interview with King. I was an alcoholic and it was a disease, Taylor said. Come 5.30, I'd have a Jack Daniels, 3, 4, 5, and I'd had wine with dinner. I never got drunk. If you asked around, nobody would have said Elizabeth Taylor is a drunk. Okay. Those are just some of the infamous interviews you know there is one in particular that my friend my friend is in texas he was in politics um got to meet hillary clinton uh i remember larry king did an interview with carrie prejean who was a disgraced beauty queen and um you know he just asked her a question and she said larry you're being inappropriate and he larry king without missing a beat says inappropriate king coming back and my friend has always been obsessed with that interview um but yeah you know for me also when the the day that george carlin died you know from listening to kelly carlin's book she talks about that she was going to go on CNN and instead they did a phone interview because she felt, you know, at that moment she couldn't, uh, she didn't want to be on camera to talk about her father. So she called in, you know, that, that was a moment right there because Larry King really loved talking to George Carlin. And, um, but from people that I talked to that was, and also if you listen to Kelly Carlin's book, a Carlin home companion, she talks about her dad, her dad was sick for a very long time in terms of the, the, the heart failure. And my cousin got to meet George Carlin a couple of times. And he says that you would hear things that George was not doing well. And Larry King himself, you know, he had problems with heart, heart issues. This is an interesting clip that I'm going to play because King, you know, did in 1993 they did the 30th anniversary of the JFK assassination. There's always been so much conspiracy behind the assassination. It's way before my time. And I've always asked people, okay, well, what did you think of this? And, you know, conspiracy theories themselves, I, you know, I know people who believe in them and that's fine. I don't really believe in them because I've, my, you know, I've asked my grandfathers, both of them, they both think they're bullshit. Um, my father, on the other hand, that's hard to say. Um, but this is interesting where King talks about Jim Garrison. All right, I'm interviewing Jim Garrison. He's the district attorney from New Orleans. And he is investigating the Kennedy murders on his own. Later led to the Moody JFK. Got to know Jim pretty good, liked him. And he was convinced that there was a plot, that Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy, was set up. He may have been part of it, but there was a lot involved. Could have gone back to Cuba. He traced a lot of things, and he thought he was onto something big. Eventually a trial that he lost. So, I was friends with Lou Wolfson, who recently passed away. He was a big financier in Miami, known as the great raider of the 50s, and interesting guy. And Lou and I were pretty close. And uh, so Lou, I had dinner with him subsequent to that, and he said, what would you think of Jim Garrison? He said, that's really interesting. Because Lou was into conspiracies a lot. I said, well, I, I don't know Jim Garrison, but I thought he was a hell of an interview, a hell of a story. He said, well, let's ask Dick Gerstein. And Dick was the district attorney in Miami. What does he think? So Dick said, well, I don't know the particulars of the Kennedy story, but I, I have great respect for Jim Garrison. By the way, he later became a judge. 
He said, uh, I, you know, I'm sure Jim thinks he, he's in on something, right? He's, you know, he's not a charlatan. He's not looking for headlines. If Jim says that he feels he's got the story. I don't know the story. So, Lou Wolfson said, can we set up a dinner? So, we had dinner. Me, Dick Kirstein, Lou Wolfson, and Jim Garrison. Now, remember, I'm still a heady kid in the, all of this. I'm only in the business just 15 years, maybe 10 years. You know, I'm still, whoa. Lou Wolfson was like a hero to me. So we're talking, we're talking, and Lou looks at Jim Garrison and says, what do you need? Jim says, well, um, the state of Louisiana is going to stop financing this, financing this thing I'm on because they, you're running out of money. What do you need? He said, well, I need $25,000. So Lou Wolfson, I tell you what, I'll give you $5,000 a month for five months to aid in your investigation. And how do we get the first 5000 to you? We're going to do this in cash. So Dick Gerstein says, so, so Garrison says, uh, okay. Lou says, all right, Larry, you come to my house. I'll give you 5000 And he was a control freak. And uh, are you going back tomorrow? Yeah. So Larry, you drive Garrison to the airport and give him the 5000 I said, okay. Now, in the subsequent months, we'll set it up. Gerstein will deliver it. Well, I, I wasn't going to Wall Street. Dick will get it. Somehow we'll get it to him. So I drove him to the airport and gave him the 5000 I don't. By the way, when he got out of the car, i never forget this, gets out of the car, looks in on the driver's side, on the passenger's side, and says to me, they're going to kill Robert Kennedy. That's the last words Jim Garrison ever said to me. They're going to kill Robert Kennedy. And he left. Now the next second month came about and Gerstein got the 5000 gave it to him. Now the third month is coming around and Lou Wolfson gives me the 5000 that I'm going to give to Gerstein to give to Garrison. I owed income taxes. I owed about $5,000. So, oh, Lou Wolfson now goes to jail on a, a stock fraud. So we've got the third 5000 So I said to Dick, Gerstein, do you think that I could use the five to pay the taxes? And then I'll get the five somewhere and we'll eventually give it to Garrison. Well, I never got the five. I used it to pay taxes. Gerstein said it would be fine. He explained it to Garrison. Lou goes to jail. Lou comes out of jail. During the interim time before he went to jail, he had asked me to see if I could get Richard Nixon to look into his case. Possible pardon or something, or something. Or he always felt he was innocent, and I felt he was innocent, but this was subsequent to the garrison thing, prior to the garrison thing. So, Nixon gets elected. I knew Nixon, I'd interviewed him. I call up Nixon and said, can I talk to you about something? And the proposal was, Wolfson was gonna form an organization called Democrats for Nixon, and he would fund it. In return for, Nixon should look into his case, the possibility of a pardon. All he wanted to do was look into it. So I fly to New York. Nixon is elected, but has not taken office yet. It's a cold night in December. He's at the Pierre Hotel. I call him up. He says, okay, listen, I'll be down about, this is Nixon, president-elect. I'll be down the elevator in about a half hour. Meet me and we'll walk over. I'm going to Washington to name some cabinet members. He'll walk me over to the helipad. I'm going to a helipad. So he comes down off the elevator, Secret Service is there, there's reporters. Hey, Larry, how are you? Now we're walking down the street. And he says to me, what brings you to New York? What do you want to see me about? 
and I couldn't ask him. Something told me this could be big trouble. I just couldn't ask him. So I just said, well, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to congratulate you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a Democrat, but... And uh, I hope you come on my show sometimes. He said, well, you, you could have asked me that on the phone. I said, yeah, it was nice to see you. And I was like coming to New York. And we walked a few blocks. He went his way. I went my way. I don't forget some reporters following me. Who are you? What was he talking to you about? But I never brought him. Lou goes to jail, and now he's pissed that I never asked him. When he gets out of jail, what happened to my 5000 I used it to pay. So he goes down to Dick Gerstein and charges me with fraudulently taking the 5000 So Gerstein is scrapped, but he's my friend. So they appoint a special prosecutor who's going to prosecute me on taking the 5000 which I never took was all... Anyway, it all blows up. The whole Garrison story breaks. His supporting the Wolfson raising money. And I was uh, indicted. So I lost my jobs. Three months later, the judge throws the whole thing out. But I lost my jobs. And I paid a price for ego. I let my ego get the best of me. Hey, Garrison, Gerstein, Wolfson, Kennedy. I was in a high. I was always in money troubles, which led me into this. It was my fault. I couldn't say it wasn't my fault. Gerstein had to do it, or he would have been. They would have. He was larger than me. He was district attorney. What was he doing running $5,000 from one guy in Miami to the district attorney? It was really convoluted. And, uh, but it was, you know, as I look back, an experience in my life. Did it affect me later? I don't, the question is, did it affect me? I don't know if it did. Uh, I later saw Dick Gerstein a lot. He went into private life. He subsequently, everybody died that's associated with this everybody died but I did see some stuff Garrison had that never got into the press or into the trial that has always left me open on this an interview with a pilot he played the interview for us at that dinner a pilot who was hired by this guy in, in New Orleans to fly to Dallas He's going to pick up a passenger at the airport. Didn't give him the name, but described him with fit the description of Lee Harvey Oswald. You wait at the Dallas airport. This kid's going to come take him to Mexico. They paid him $5,000, this pilot. You'll get another five when you come back. And we'll pay for the plane and everything. He said, well, I'm at the airport. The guy never came. I'm listening to this on tape. And Garrison said to Kirsty, what would you do with this? The pilot eventually died of a heart attack. A heart attack that people questioned. But I heard that tape. I'm a totally believable guy. What do you have to lose? You know? The guy never came. I interviewed the cop who arrested Lee Harvey Oswald. My life's been a swirl. He arrested him in the movie theater after he shot Tippett. Oswald said only one thing on the drive from the movie theater to the jail. I'm a patsy. He didn't say he's innocent. He didn't say just, I'm a patsy. What does patsy mean? Patsy lends you to think that he was involved in this and someone was supposed to be downstairs 
at the book depository that wasn't there. And he panicked, ran around, shot Tippett, ran to a movie theater. Why would he use Patsy? Then he had to be killed, didn't he? See, this is for the conspiracy theorists. Because if Oswald, he's going to have a ton of information. So you got to get somebody to kill him who's totally like an innocent. You get Jack Ruby, who loves the Kennedys and who's crazy. Get Jack Ruby to do it. You can't do it. You, the conspirator, you're going to get caught, but you got to get rid of Oswald. And I'm in the swirl of all this. I mean, I've heard all this stuff. It was heady. I paid a price for Hetty. And that is Larry King from the Archive of American Television. Wait, wait. Let me cite it properly. If we can. Yeah. METV Legends interview. Um, and, that, and that's interesting. You know, is that he knew all that information. You know, everyone associated with that, including Larry King, is now gone. And... Um, you know what an interviewer into into i mean the the shows that he would have you know whether it's politics i remember when marlon brando died marlon brando died and we didn't have cable yet and they had the national news and they were covering it with larry king interviewing some of brando's friends you know um I forget who was on it. Let me see. Um, because, you know, that was a big thing. Uh, Marlon Brando was such a recluse. I didn't like when I was reading it uh, to record today, how they described him. And I thought, you know, and how the press really um, uh, went after him, you know. And yeah, you know, a, a lot of those actors, I mean, when we think of Brando, we think of refusing the Oscar and what happened, you know. Um, but I remember when he died and Larry King had this appreciation and he had all of these actors talking about Brando because, you know, that was a lot, you know, everyone from Martin Sheen to Pacino to De Niro have all said that acting change with Brando. You know, the moment he ripped the shirt off and said, oh, hey, Stella, and threw shit around, you know, um, and, and, and yeah, and, you know, and it goes all the way to that, that interview that he did with Larry King, you know, because he, like Sinatra, wouldn't talk and, uh, I can't find it, but yeah, what was that one actor, Harry Dean, oh, that was interesting, Brando was good friends with Harry Dean Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton was this character actor, you know, he was in everything, he was in, you know, uh, what was the movie, uh, Cool Hand Luke, he was in Alien, he was in Escape from New York, you know, and him and Brando knew each other, because they always knew, oh, yeah, that movie's got Harry Dean Stanton in it. He was almost in everything. And and he was and everyone knew him as oh, that's the character actor Harry Dean Stanton, you know. Um and uh but back to Larry King, you know. Uh I do remember you, you know when it was breaking news, it was Larry King. And then there was kind of like a lull after he left CNN. I know that he did another show if I can find it. Uh, 
Okay, from 2012 to 2020, he hosted Larry King Now, which aired on Hulu and Aura TV. Okay, so that was an interesting one because it, you know, he was such a great interviewer. Um, he interviewed so many people on this this show. Um, you know, leaving Larry King on CNN and then continuing in this in this format. Okay. Oh, whoa. He sat down with a lot of people on the Larry King now, you know, and a lot of contemporaries. Ah, 50 Cent. I love 50 Cent. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would ask them that question if you only knew. That's something he didn't ask on his CNN show. So it was along the lines of, you know, an inside the actor's studio where, you know, uh, they would ask, you know, uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You know, uh, let's just run down the roster here of people that he interviewed. Okay. Mm, I know that he interviewed Kathy Griffin. I Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was before or after what happened. Um, but he had some really great interviews on here. You know, Ice Cube. Uh, Kelly Kelly Carlin, you know, and she was promoting the Carlin Home Companion book. Uh, yeah. Mm. You know, when Larry would interview politicians, that was interesting. Okay. You know, here in that interview I played for you, he's talking. And, that, and that's the beauty of it. Just listening to him talk about something like the Kennedy assassination and those connected connected um but also talking about you know he, he references nixon and says you know i'm a democrat but congratulations you know um and i i think he did have nixon on before he died you know uh you know in terms of interviewing these these you know he interviewed obama you know i yeah and then uh clinton and you know politicians i've said this before are like comedians okay you just don't know what rabbit they're gonna pull out of the hat but at the same time i will say this about clinton um let's see how i just said an um and i try not to say those he doesn't say them because it, he was trained really well you know whenever he he would give those state of the unions he would look and he'd do the pause and then you have the politicians now where it's um, 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 um. And I think of my professor who tried to rid us of saying, um, you know, uh, through exercise. Uh, there we go. See, there it goes again. But Larry King, you know, he was always he was always on the money. He was always on the money interviewing these politicians, uh, newsmakers. You know, that's what CNN was about the newsmakers and it was like no they're not going to sit down with barbara walters they're going to sit down with larry king when you when you've secured that spot with larry king yeah um and as i said earlier you know he was in movies he was in ghostbusters a lot, lot of people don't remember that the first ghostbusters i'm not talking about the remakes i'm talking about the ivan reitman originals you know a, a lot of people don't know that actually uh the bill murray character was originally for belushi and then belushi died 
and so of course let's bring bill murray in um but larry king i think for i'll put up the long kiss goodnight long kiss goodnight which is such a good movie you know gina davis samuel l jackson here we go and we have heard from our reporter Carla Grimps on the scene in niagara falls that when she first heard this story she didn't believe it right well what uh carla failed to realize mr king is that uh i'm always frank and earnest with women uh in new york i'm frank in chicago i'm earnest And that's toward the end of the movie. And so, yeah, you know, Larry King would appear in... I don't think he was in the private parts, the the Howard Stern. I know that him and Howard Stern really appreciate... You know, when it was people who came from radio, you would see Larry King's eyes light up. Like George Strombolopoulos, who started out in radio. And and, and Howard Stern. You know, Howard Stern, what's interesting about him is... Yeah, you know, there were... He was originally known as this shock jock radio personality. He's a great interviewer. A lot of people don't, you know, they'll, when I tell them I listen to Howard Stern, they're like, oh, God, him. But if you ever listen to him interview Hillary Clinton, she talks about it. And he says, you know, Hillary, you shot yourself in the foot. You should have come on my show. And she's like, yeah, I agree with you, Howard. I agree with you. Um, and what he kind of pulls out of people, you know. So, uh could anyone replace Larry King? No. What I've noticed about CNN now is CNN has, it's if they were to have a show like Larry King again, I don't know. Uh, the closest to that I could, you know, MSNBC has Ari Melber. I'm such a, I'm such a fan of Ari Melber, of the beat. It's kind of along the lines of Larry King. It's not really an interview show, but he has people on and they talk about politics and then he puts like a rap lyric out in there. You know, I mean, he's got Michael Steele and, you know, uh, Maxine Waters coming on the show. Uh, it's interesting, you know, and that's and that's news making news. And that's, you know, it's not CNN. It's MSNBC. Um but in terms of the legacy of what Larry King brought, you know, good interviewers, they just don't exist anymore. I mean, there's there's a few, you know, yeah, well, what Larry King was able to do, you know, and, and yeah, nine times out of ten, a guest would, <laughs> what, what, what can we say? I remember being in high school. And Larry King, or I think I had just graduated, interviewed Monica Lewinsky. And I say that because there, there's always been this, I had always heard kind of a rumor that what happened was supposedly they weren't mic'd, okay? They went to commercial and Larry King asked, now this is this is hearsay, I can't say that this is factual, but this is what I heard, is that Larry, they were off air, okay? They're, they're, she's not mic'd. And he leans in and he says to Monica Lewinsky, is there anything about this year you've learned? What what have you learned about this year? And she says, and without this is this is not true. It could be she said this. I can't confirm this. She said, I've learned not to put things in my mouth that aren't good for me. I'm not kidding you. Supposedly she said that. Supposedly. Um on Larry King. But 
I remember being in high school and we would watch that. Uh, we would watch CNN in government class and discuss. I mean, ha- half the people, I love how they would try to, they pretended they didn't know what it is that she did. The teacher obviously knew. You know, and then Barbara Walters, you know, saying, oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, come on. Get real. Get real. Um, Yeah, because they didn't use that word for it. But Larry King, like he said, he interviewed Linda Tripp. He interviewed the Monica Lewinsky interview is interesting um, because if I can find because I want to make sure that it. I, I, we may or may have not watched it in class. I don't remember. All I remember, okay, Linda Tripp was on February 16th, 1999, so I was still in high school right there. Um, in terms of newsmakers, you know, Larry King had them on. And um, I could go back to Tammy Faye Baker which is sad because I remember watching that and I, and then the next day she died. And so that she would conjure up the last moments where she's coherent to appear on television. She, it was, it was, it was startling what you saw. The makeup couldn't hide it, you know? Um, they, you know, sometimes it's just one interview and that's all it does. We go back to Sinatra. Sinatra did not like being interviewed. Sinatra felt, you know, I sing and I do movies. That's all you need to know. And I think because people wanted to know, you know, okay, there was the, the mob connections that people were interested in, the girlfriends, the liaisons, the affairs, the money, Vegas, you know, because he was connected to Vegas, okay? And that it took Larry King to interview him because, you know, several people had tried to interview Frank Sinatra and it just wouldn't go. And and Larry King talks about how once he interviewed Sinatra, he was with it. He was let into Sinatra's inner circle. That says something that the guy who interviews you, whether he pisses you off or not, is going to let you is he's letting you into his inner circle of friends and Larry King talked about that he he was very fond of that he's very fond of Sinatra you know Sinatra Sinatra was a very complicated character you know I think he was aware you know when you when you have to have a career comeback time is not on your side you know um but these interviews that Larry King did and yesterday I had kind of done like a brief tribute to him and I thought you know it's better to do um something more okay he was on the Simpsons yeah Larry King one of pop culture's favorite newsmen the suspenders everyone yeah it's about the suspenders uh the simpsons away from uh, cnn king at least people who pretended to be him popped up frequently on nbc's saturday night live yep yep shrek 2 the host guest starred on a 1994 episode of the simpsons sideshow bob roberts playing the moderator of a mayoral debut uh debate between joe quimby and sideshow bob voiced by kelsey Grammer. <laughs> A word to our audience, even though we're being broadcast on Fox, there's no need for obnoxious hooting or and hollering, he warned, before the citizens of Springfield began, yes, hooting 
and hollering. SNL really, they they really had fun with him, you know. Uh, That means that you've made it. A lot of people don't realize that. When you're being parodied, you've made it. Even Barbara Walters, who had a problem with Baba Wawa, you know, even her own daughter said, oh, mummy, lighten up. And and Larry King's <laughs> seemed to have fun with people who were, you know, entertaining and parodying him. You know, parody parody is fun. I, you know, I do this month we do comedy films, and I think we did, or no, we did this as Spinal Tap last month, but I should have added it to comedy because that's parody right there, you know. But Larry King, Larry King newsmakers that that's what it's all about if you ah joe biden joe biden from 1987 you know what's interesting about that is we always talk about third times the charm okay joe biden won or he he ran for president three times and won on the third try so that says something right there i don't i don't think a lot of you recognize that you're just like oh he's so old well you know what come on things don't happen right away senator joe biden talks presidential aspirations with larry king in 1987 yeah that was for his 1988 run so everyone sat down with uh larry king you know he was married eight times like i said we're not going to dive into that you know um that's not really news to me you know unless you're elizabeth taylor i'm just kidding elizabeth taylor she she liked to play with people on that you know that she'd been married eight times um but larry king you know what what a what an icon and um that that was always the thing you know if you were in media you i did he interview bob dylan let me see or maybe only 60 minutes interviewed bob that's that's another person who's very but like sinatra i mean i'm not i'm not comparing dylan and sinatra two two different people bob dylan doesn't like the media at all and when he's interviewed if you look at there's an interview of him at pbs in the 60s and he was playing with them because he knew what they were after they were trying to make him out as a drunk and trying to make him out as you know not very smart and he had fun with it you know and um i remember he did an interview with ed bradley for 60 minutes and he's like and um ed bradley says why do you still do it and he's like well you know a long time ago i i made a i made a deal with the chief commander and ed bradley's like and who is that oh he's none of this world you know and <laughs> some sometimes it's like with bob dylan maybe it is an act you know um yeah i don't think he was on larry king bob dylan you know and and that's and and like i said yesterday you know when larry king was gonna leave cnn in 2010 you knew who called him jack jack nicholson and jack said you know larry i understand you're leaving i'd love to do your show you know but if i do your show then i have to do everyone's show and i'm a movie actor and someone asked you know of they said well why doesn't jack do tv and they said he's a movie actor 
and he was revered in the early days when movie actors didn't do television. If you were a movie actor and you did television, that meant your career needed a re- needed some spark plugs. You know, usually you look at Donna Reed and you look at Fred McMurray. They went to television because they couldn't do movies anymore. You look, look at Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball was a successful B list actress and went to television and her her career took off so you know with jack i think jack preferred you know to just let the movies speak for themselves but wouldn't that been that would have been a trip for him to sit down with larry king larry king interviewing jack nicholson what's jack gonna talk about that's the other thing you know um usually you see jack on tv at the lakers games or at the academy awards you know having i mean he's been nominated more times than god and won three times and you know but that would have been i i'm sure there there are many interviews i know that larry king wanted to sit down with jacqueline kennedy onassis didn't get it um queen elizabeth a lot of people have talked about that there are those people that you want to interview but you can't you know um but yeah even you know for till 2020 larry king was still doing his show i think they were doing it kind of in a zoom type of way you know uh even oprah appeared on larry king you know i always i always enjoyed larry king's appreciations when someone died he would gather these these cast of characters and they would you know talk very lovingly about the person that just died he did a really great show in 2005 about james dean he had elizabeth taylor he had eartha kitt and they were all talking about james dean you know who had been dead for 50 years what what would have become of him you know eartha kitt talked about that very extensively he even had um those talking about the 1959 plane crash that killed buddy holly and the big bopper and richie valens you know and how that led to the british invasion a lot of people don't know that is that had buddy holly and them all still had been alive the british invasion wouldn't really have happened you know because they would have continued to dominate the charts and that and then and then also little richard and little richard went back to church and elvis went to the military so thus opens the door for these british musicians to come in it's like oh let's 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 uh you know we lost america during the revolutionary war but musically we can reclaim it yeah um but as a as an interviewer larry larry king really just was the was the cream of the crop so as always unpleasant dreams Good evening and welcome. I wanted to add something because I was out of time today's show for the Larry King appreciation. And I went off on a tangent and I apologize. But I wanted to just say that, you know, as an interviewer, we all look forward to him. And on his last show, he didn't say goodbye. He said so long, you know, and he continued to stay busy even after he left CNN. So that's a testament to Larry King. So those of us who do radio and broadcast and podcast, we owe 
a great debt to Larry King. You know, he was always interested in, in the medium. He was always, the, the way things were changing. And so tonight we give tribute and love to Larry King. So long, Larry. <laughs>